Welcome to Hardcore Penn State Football. Yes, we are back for two episodes in two days. We have the privilege of PSU Dylan joining us for a exclusive interview. It's not going to be a crazy long show today, but we got some recruiting to talk about. We got some kind of behind the scenes personal relationship kind of conversation, if you will, today. Uh, we'll get right into that in just one second. Appreciate y'all being here. Hardcore Penn State football. I'm Corey Listokey. With me, as always, the great Sean Kane. And also, special guest to the show, PSU Dylan. How are you doing today, Dylan and Sean? Pretty well. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing great. You know, I don't know if... Uh, is PSU Dylan what you'd like to go by? I, I saw you put your name down, your last name. Is that confidential? Do people know your last name, or is it like kind of like Batman? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty open about, like, who I am. Like, um, kind of link my personal Instagram and my account and stuff. Like, I don't mind people knowing, like, my last name and everything, but I don't know. I was, um, first, like, four, four or five years of my account, I was Penn State gang, but I changed it kind of, like, just in case copyright issues down the line, like, using Penn State and all that, so... Yeah, hopefully we don't fall into something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. No, that, that's a good point. Well, okay, so you're very, very, very popular on, on Instagram. And we'll, we'll talk about some of the other things that you're starting to get your uh, your feet wet in as well. But where did this all start? How did it kind of come into fruition? And then, I mean, it's exploded. So run us through, because, I mean, we have some fans that probably aren't even on Instagram. Um what is it that you do? What did it, how did it start? Just kind of give us the rundown. Yeah. I mean, I, right now I'm pretty much just independently covering uh, Penn State football. I'm mm -hmm. into, um, I'm into graphic design. I've been into that since I was like 13. So um, I, I started the account in my freshman year of high school, just kind of messing around. I just thought I would post like pictures of like Penn State football, like pictures I thought were cool and stuff, just kind of 
just bored, you know, in high school, just um, messing around. And once I got into graphic design, that's kind of when it took off. I started to um, incorporate that into my page and I started getting serious about it because I started picking up some followers. And um, I mean, since then, it's just kind of been building on that, learning new things, just trying to learn a bunch of new things to um, incorporate that into my into my page. So, yeah. And then, I mean, so you get more and more popular and then all of a sudden, I mean, I, I haven't checked the numbers, but I'm pretty sure every, probably every current 2024 class member, I'm guessing probably every 2023, 2022, I mean, pretty much every Penn State football player follows you. I mean, and then when did they start reaching out to you or do they reach out to you? Like, what kind of relationships have you began, began to build there? Yeah, um, nothing like extremely close, but I have gotten to know like a handful of guys on the team. Um, Lennon Tangwall is really cool. I talked to Ken Talley a lot. It's a shame what happened with him. He had to transfer out, but um, he's a cool guy. Um, just a lot of a lot of different recruits. Usually it starts when they're in high school, just recruiting. Um, I'll just pick up conversation with them. And since I'm kind of around their age range, it's pretty easy to get a conversation going. And um, they just like to like to talk, you know, just talking about normal stuff. 19 20 year olds 18 year olds would talk about um yeah it's just building relationships it helps a lot because i can um get a lot of information off of them um not like you know i'm not using them or anything but it's just cool having those relationships because they um really helps me with you know getting inside getting an ear you know in the program so it's pretty cool in that regard I mean, there's got to be some level of trust there too, right? Which is pretty cool, right? I mean, a lot of these guys are coming to you in, in some sort of level of comfort. And so that, that that's pretty cool um, that you're able to kind of have that. I do kind of like to remind people of that all the time, especially now with name, image, and likeness taking off. You know, th these guys are still guys at the end of the day. And, when you know, when we were at Nittanyville all the time and we were in school, it was like, hey – like they are still college kids or in your case, some of these guys are still in high school. They are still people. And there, are, there is a life outside of football. Maybe it is not as much anymore, but I do think that's cool that you kind of get to have those relationships. What you got, John? Yeah, Dylan, uh, again, thanks for joining us. Yeah. I think when you have, when you're basically a contemporary, I mean, that, that gives you a uh, unique uh, perspective in that way. So I do want to talk to you about the latest news we've had, uh, and that's Trey Potts coming on to coming to, uh, to Happy Valley. Uh, probably this he'll be coming in the summer. Uh, what's your take on Trey Potts coming in? I mean, I think it's a really under the radar pickup. A lot of people don't. I think if um, God forbid one of those guys, Singleton Allen, were to go down, a lot of people would realize how big of a pickup this is, especially in that instance. Um, right now, there are two scholarship running backs on the roster. Just that's not great. Um, so they were really trying to find something. Um, that running back three in the portal. I'm surprised they were able to find someone who's willing to come in and um, knowingly sit behind Singleton and Allen, um, take less reps, especially as an experienced guy uh, in the same conference too. That's pretty crazy. They got a Big Ten running back with experience. But um, I mean, if one of those guys goes down, he's going to be like 20 carries a game, some games maybe. Um, so I, I think that's pretty big. I checked out his highlights. I'm not going to act like I've been watching his film for a day, but I did check out some of his highlights. Um, he honestly reminds me of a bigger Ricky Slade, like what Ricky Slade could have turned into. He's really quick in the short field. Um, he's explosive, you know, open space. I, I think he's a really solid running back three option. It's pretty cool they got him. You know, the uh, the 20 
Yeah, I, to, first of all, we talked about it a little bit last night, too. I mean, it's just a huge get from a depth perspective. It, it opens up the the door for a Nick Singleton and a Catron Allen to still contribute on special teams because you're not as concerned. I mean, it's Trey Potts joining is is probably the, the best thing that could have happened to Penn State. I mean, we were wondering all spring, hey, are they going to be able to get that third running back, scholarship running back, and, and they've been able to do that. So, that yeah, there's no no, no way of under undervaluing that. Uh, I want to talk about some of the early enrollees because those guys have just been on campus now for a quick three and a half months now. What has your impression been of those? Have you heard anything? Do you, or, or have you heard anything as far as guys that have been able to adapt well? And I mean, we're hearing some things about Tony Rojas can't stop eating, but I was just curious, what else have you heard? Yeah, I mean, there's Tony put it on 29 pounds. That's what Franklin said. Um, that's pretty insane. But uh, Tamir Robinson, I think um, maybe next year he's going to be a really exciting player. He's still recovering from that ACL tear, I guess. Um, but he's like a safety DN hybrid in high school, which is just wild to think about. But um, I think he's like 6'4", 240 right now. So he could slide down to DN eventually. But, I mean, I, I think he's a really exciting player that not a ton of people are talking about. Um yeah, he's, he's one of my favorites in the class for the early enrollees. I think he could be really good. Um, Kavion Keys, I was hoping he would early enroll because he could put on some weight just like Tony. But I think when he comes in, if he can gain some weight, I think he could maybe burn a red shirt too if he can put on that weight pretty quick before the season. But Kavion Keys is another one I'm really excited about. I like him in that class a lot. Well, yeah, we actually talked about him a little bit yesterday too. And, uh, you know, the, his recruitment, I mean, maybe that's one that maybe go down a little bit. I don't know how familiar you were with his recruitment. Um, from like a personal level, but I mean, just following it from the outside was nuts, right? I mean, it was like one month, oh, there's no way Penn State gets them. The next month, oh, maybe the door is still open. And the next, you know, I think it was like I want to say it was like August 5th or August 7th or so when he when he finally decided to commit. Um, and I was like, wow, Penn State really was able to snag him away from North Carolina. I mean, do you remember that? Were there any, you know, was there were were you as much in the kind of the seesawing as everybody else was? Yeah, I, I think it was early September when he committed because I was in class, so. Um... He, it was, yeah, like you said, it was kind of out of nowhere. Um, it was looking like Carolina, and the more kind of time went on, it was looking less likely like he'd be able to flip to Penn State. Um, but I guess that in-home visit was the thing that really um, flipped it in Penn State's favor. After that, he kind of, I guess, thought about it, and the staff wanted um, wanted a decision, like, then or not at all. Like, you just got to make a decision, kind of an ultimatum type of deal, and I guess he won Penn State. Um, it makes sense. You think about it like Carolina hasn't really put out a ton of great linebackers, but it's still a good school. I, I really like North Carolina, but um, he definitely I think he made the right decision. I think he'll be a really good backer. here. Yeah, I'm very excited for him. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. I think it was September. Might, maybe he decommitted in in August, maybe and and then and then finished the job in, in September. But yeah, that was a that was just yeah a crazy one. for. And, I you know, I remember when they like in the early signing period. I forget exactly. I think Franklin something said something about like wearing the the right color blue or something like that. And it was clearly that Franklin was very like glad that recruitment was over because that was that was a marathon, not a sprint. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you, Dylan, uh, Dion Barnes. I mean, that's been a huge story that Dion Barnes, the new defensive line coach. So. What exactly is it about him that has that connects him so well to these kids from Philadelphia? 
Yeah, I think um, just being such a young, like, charismatic guy, I think that alone, like, helps anyone, any type of coach, like, a ton in recruiting. Um, he's had those connections since he coached. I think it was Northeast. He was a defensive coordinator there, maybe. Um, but just he's always had those inroads with Philly. And obviously, like, if you hold on to those, you keep moving up the ranks. Um, it just happened to be a really good situation for him to step into. And, uh, I mean, I, I think he's going to be great on the recruiting trail. I think that'll be really exciting to follow along. Have you heard anything from the players specifically as far as, like, the excitement level or any of the recruits mentioned anything to you about that? Um, yeah, uh, a couple guys just I asked around. I think Jamil Lyons is one of the first guys I reached out to about that. He um, he really wanted him to be hired. He's a Philly guy, obviously. Um, not committed yet, but Malachi Williams, I know that should be someone that that hire really affects. Um, yeah, he, he definitely with the Philly guys especially, I think um, – He'll be able to clean up in Philly pretty easily. Yeah, you you would think. I mean, between him and Terry Smith, you you feel pretty good as far as the Philly area is concerned moving forward. Um, no doubt about that. Yeah. When when you um as coaches as a whole, not just DM Barnes, but all the coaches. I mean, we we talk a lot about different things that recruits want nowadays. Obviously, name, image, and likeness is going to play a role in that now too but i guess i'm just curious are there certain things that like when you talk to these guys that always stand out like is it always the, the relationships with the coaches i know recently now with some more of the facilities being upgraded that that has been a little bit more of a talking point but i mean what stands out when you when you hear back from these guys yeah i think it's more um just family atmosphere and it's a relationship staff more than anything they try to build those relationships usually early on in the process like you're seeing a lot more like sophomore freshman offers um, going out to those, I guess, 2026 guys right now. I've seen a couple 2027 offers. Um, they just try to get on those kids early and um, start building those relationships. Um, we're starting to see, I think, a little more um, like retainment with the coaches. They're retaining a lot more coaching staff, which helps, you know, keeping those guys long term um, since they're building those relationships. But then the family atmosphere thing, I think that was the main reason that Penn State kind of had that um, a little bit off year with recruiting during COVID. Um, they couldn't get those guys on campus and actually talk to them face-to-face. -face. You know, the staff likes to really build those relationships and then, like, capitalize on that in person. Um, they're just really charismatic guys. It seems like all those guys, um, they just love talking to people. They love getting to know people. And I think that goes a long way in building relationships. Yeah, and one of the things that's undeniable now is the impact of NIL on recruiting. Do you feel like Penn State's, you know, NIL house is more in order than it was than less, let's say, uh, than it was six months ago? Oh, it's definitely on the right track. Um, they dug themselves in a little bit of a hole, but I think it's uh, coming, coming around. It's getting in the right direction. Uh, I think it's at least in the right, like, dimension, the right tier now to where they can at least compete. Um, for guys who are looking a little bit more for NIL. But I don't think that's a thing that really hurts Penn State too much, even if they're lacking in it. Um, just because they, they don't want guys that are, like, just looking for number one, you know, like NIL, that's the thing they're after. Um, they want guys who want to play for Penn State, um, who love, love playing at Penn State, love being at Penn State, going to school there. Um, obviously, if they want NIL, like, I think Quentin Martin has been mentioned a lot. He... Um, He's looking for a little bit of NIL. They they can put a package together for someone. Um, but if they're just looking for NIL in the first place, I don't think that's someone that 
Penn State's really going to go after too hard. Yeah, well, since you brought up Quinton Martin, we've heard rumblings. Um, a couple of different recruiting sites have put in some some predictions that maybe he's Penn State as at least in the lead. I believe Ryan Snyder from On3 still thinks it's probably going to be a summer commitment there. Um, you have any thoughts as far as that? Do you, I mean, I don't know how what your relationship with him specifically is, but, I mean, do you, do you think Penn State's in a good position as of April 6th? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't really talk to Quentin too much, but um, I would say they have a good relationship with him. I think they're probably uh, up there. I'd, I wouldn't say they're the outright leader. I don't think he knows who his leader is right now. I think he's just kind of sitting back and letting the process take place. Um, but Pitt's arrow should be one of those three. I think that's – if he takes all of his official visits, I think it'd be those three in the summer. Yeah, that'd be – obviously be a, a, a close one to watch being the number one player in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, do you ever have – I mean – have you had guys come to you as far as name, image, and likeness goes, or as far as just trying to to gain publicity for, the, for themselves and to push their own account? I mean, I'm just curious, how do you handle those kind of requests? Whether it's, hey, you know, can you promote me? I mean, is it always a yes, or is it like, well, I mean, I mean, I guess I'm curious kind of like what goes into who you go after as far as building relationships with, or is it like an open door, whoever, you know, Recruit wise, not not saying every Penn State fan should become DMing you, but yeah. recruit wise, do you pretty much have an open door policy with these guys? Yeah, I mean, I'm I just like I love people, you know, I love talking to people about anything, especially Penn State football, obviously. But um, I mean, sometimes it'll be me initiating the contact. Sometimes like recruits or players will come to me and initiate the contact. But um, uh, it's it's not really like related to NIL much, like as far as who I'm talking to. Um, but um. Yeah, I, I just like talking to people, honestly. Before we go into, like, some specifics with recruiting, I do want to ask you about um, the deal you signed with the Cliffords and company as far as Limitless NIL, which I'm not sure that's still the name of it anymore. Yep. Um, uh, what did that entail? What does that mean moving forward? Uh, I guess that happened, what, maybe a month and a half ago now? Uh, yeah, six, six, eight weeks, something like that. Um, I pretty much just signed with them uh, to help promote their NIL deals. So they're an agency. They're just finding businesses. They're finding players and putting them together for deals. Um, mostly, like, you're not going to see a ton of, like, Nick Singletons out of them. It's more players who, um, like, a Curtis Jacobs maybe, who doesn't have as much, like, household name to him, but he's still a very good player. Um, but they're they're just linking them up, and then I'm pretty much partnering with them to help promote the post because a lot of my following is state college, like local, um, local following. So um, I'm just getting the deals out there so that uh, more, more local people can see it pretty much. I think a lot of the Penn State collectives could, could learn a lot from you as far as the promotion and the organization. And I mean, it's, it's kind of pathetic that, you know, these collectives that are, supposed to be in charge of millions of dollars and funneling this money to athletes and yet as far as football goes you know you're you're the biggest name at least on instagram you know what i mean i, I mean it, it's it shows how well you do your stuff but also it, it it is sort of embarrassing that these collectives that are supposed literally have people hired to run marketing um can't even really come you know can't even come close to what you've been able to do i, I think that's kind of hilarious yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, 
I mean, I've, I've heard, obviously, it's kind of starting to go public now, a lot of stuff with the success with Honor. A couple names on there that I'm sure a lot of the viewers are uh, aware of by now. Um, uh, hope, hopefully they get voted off. We'll see, because they're definitely not doing uh, their best for Penn State football right now. They are not don't seem to be in favor of, you know, actually raising money for the athletes. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's funny, like, how many people are now interested in voting in the Board of Trustees. Like, I actually am going to be voting for the, for the Board of Trustees election for the first time ever. So, um, it's definitely interesting in that way. Uh, what What do you think of the other, um, you know, I know Michael Motti has an NIL um, agency that he's that he's working with. What, what's, what are... What are the better ones at Penn State, I should say? Because everybody knows success with honor. That's the one that gets promoted at football games and everything. But which ones, I know Limitless, which ones are the ones really doing the work that people just aren't seeing right now as much? I mean, obviously Limitless, I'm working with them. Um, I know we're doing things the right way. They're trying to build from the ground up and uh, make the right connections, do the right thing um, for Penn State football to uh, kind of build it long term, you know, not just trying to scrape together a few donations, like one-time donations. They're trying to actually, uh, you know, benefit the athletes first. But um, Lions Legacy Club is the other one, I would say. Um, you mentioned Michael Mowdy. He's kind of starting to come to the forefront to be in charge of that. Um, I've actually been in a little bit of connection with him. He's uh, based in Harrisburg right now. Um, so he, he's, he's doing some good work for them. I think uh, a few months from now, I think closer to the season especially, we'll start to see a lot more money rolling in on that front um, with uh, Lions Legacy Club. Yeah, we're uh, in talks with with Mike right now as far as setting up an interview with him. Probably mm-hmm. won't come out until a month and a half from now because it will be while I'm on vacation. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to sitting down with with Mr. Motti and and kind of hearing his perspective on things. I think it's going to be pretty enlightening. So yeah, that that's, that should be a good one to have for sure. Uh, it's cool that you've been in talks with him too. So that's you know, to me, that's a good sign too, that some of these people that can do things are, are doing things. Okay. Let's talk recruiting. Um, 2024 class, I think it's like 13th nationally roughly right now. It's obviously very early on the summer, whether or not people realize it or not, the summer is kind of the new December for, for what it was maybe five, six years ago, the summer's where everything happens. All the official visits, I mean, Penn State's class is probably going to grow from six to probably, you know, maybe up to 15 before before the, the summer's over, maybe even more than that. So the summer's kind of where it's all at. Uh, names that you feel Penn State fans should be aware of um, that maybe aren't aware of right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we were talking about it before the show, Antoine Belgrave-Shorter. He's the teammate down there at um, – Mandarin of John Mitchell, who they just picked up at corner. He's another corner that staff's very high on out of there. Um, he actually just dropped the top three. It's uh, Penn State, UCF, Miami, I believe. And um, I, I think something could actually be coming up um, on the commitment front with him soon. Uh, a couple other names, Malachi Williams um, seems to be picking up some buzz with him. Michael Van Buren, I think he's kind of emerging as their number one quarterback target, the realistic quarterback target at least. Um, so he has, I believe, a June 2nd official visit set up. Um, I, I'm not sure if he'll make it to that visit before committing. I'm kind of thinking it seems like a May commitment for him now. I think that's um, what that one's turning into uh, off the top of my head. 
I think of a couple other guys. Keelan Adams is one that I personally really like in this class. Um, we'll see with him. He's kind of a quiet guy, so not really sure if Penn State still leads, but I know at one point they were definitely his number one. Um, but he should be coming up for an official visit. Um, a couple other guys, uh, William Satterwhite. Um, that's definitely one more they want. I think they want one more interior lineman, and then they probably want three, four offensive tackles in the class. Um, but he's a really good offensive guard out of Ohio that I think people should definitely know his name. Yeah, you know, um, one of the I know you're gonna. We... I know you're going to go to this guy. Go ahead, John. Okay. One of the names we heard a lot about uh, a few months back was Kevin Haywood. Uh, every, you know, I know he was leaning toward Penn State, then things got quieter. Was everything still looking good on the Kevin Haywood front? Yeah, I think he ultimately ends up at Penn State. Um, he moved to, uh, I think, Pope, Pope John, some school like that, um, in Royersford, PA, I guess is where it is. Um, so I think the school chains kind of had him focus more on that than recruiting, but I'd still, I'd still say, like, Penn State sits in a really good spot with him. Think he probably ultimately ends up here, but Michigan's pushing, Tennessee's pushing. I think it'll come down to one of those three schools. Yeah, let me just recap some of those names there. Belgrave Shorter is a three, four star guy out of Florida as well, again, teammates with the latest commit in, in John Mitchell. Uh, Malachi Williams, another defensive back, um, or I'm sorry, defensive line. Ben, yep. Yeah, sorry. Um, my, I'm, I thought, John, you're going to ask about the quarterback and Michael Van Buren because we talked about him a little bit yesterday, too. <laughs> um, that seems to be the quarterback now, right? I mean, there's I think Penn State wants to take two, but Van Buren seems to be the number one. And then maybe they still got to figure out who the second guy is going to be. But Van Buren seems to be their number one choice right now. Yeah, it's, it's been talked about a bunch like. They kind of want one of the two between Van Buren and Samas Jones, um, the St. Joe's prep quarterback, because they're both like sub six foot right around there, like 5'10", 5'11". Um, if you're going to take a multiple quarterback class, which they should be this cycle, you don't want like two of the same guys, you know, like the same style quarterback. You want to find a different different style of quarterback if you can, mix it up, like keep a little bit of uh, diversity in the room. So it seems like Van Buren's trending Penn State right now. Um, Jones, he just put out a little graphic, I think, official visits, and Penn State wasn't included in that. He had a top four, and they announced three official visits, so excluding Penn State. So it kind of seems like they might be uh, dropping a little bit of contact with him. Um, so it seems like Van Buren's their choice. I don't I don't know about interesting back, but um, Miles O'Neill, I think, would be one to watch out of Massachusetts. Um, I think they're going to see him throw in a month or two. So I, I think things could progress there if they like what they see. And then I wanted to go to Keelan Adams. We've been very big fans of Keelan Adams. He had a relationship with Marcus Hagens um, when Hagens was still at Virginia. Yeah, that, that one to me is, is one that the way Penn State's recruited Virginia um, and because of the previous relationships, I, I almost feel like this is a can't miss for Penn State as far as the relationships built. You've dominated that region lately. Um and I think he's super duper talented. Uh, and we talk a lot on the show about Ohio State and their ability to recruit blue chip receivers um, and convert those blue chips into successful product. Uh, I think this is just another opportunity for Penn State to maybe do that with a guy like Keelan Adams. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I I think it might come down to Penn State and Virginia Tech. It seems to be the two that he's in contact with the most right now. He has been picking up some good offers recently. I think he got Alabama, um, maybe Oklahoma. I, I know he got a couple good offers like that, definitely Alabama. Um, but I'm, I'm not so sure if he's a take of those schools. I know he really likes Ohio State, but they seem to be filling up the class pretty quickly now, as they always do with five stars. Um, it's pretty frustrating. But I'd, I'd, I'd love to have Keelan Adams in the class, I think. I think he he's a pretty good pretty good option I think um when it comes down to it they should be able to get him and then offensive line I mean we talked about two weeks ago we did a spring preview the offensive line is so talented this year but I mean you seriously could see five to seven guys be gone next year um and that just means they're gonna have a heavy heavy class this year you, you mentioned probably taking another inside guy then I mean I think they could probably end up taking three more offensive tackles maybe. Um, so it'd be interesting to see there. I, I, I'm glad, Sean, that you asked about Haywood because that's one that we thought maybe could have happened in the next month and and kind of has chilled out a little bit. And I do appreciate that. I think the Satterwhite one was one that we talked about before, Sean, but maybe hadn't talked about lately. So I, I think that was a good one as well uh, to bring up. Any of the guys that are currently committed, Dylan, that you feel, you know, Penn State, could use them as a leader of the class or somebody who's out there recruiting really hard to get other guys? Yeah. Um, the name I'd go to um, off the top of my head would be Kenny Wosley. I think they have a couple guys in Philly that they're looking at and he's, he's a pretty big voice in Philly. I think he's a pretty charismatic guy. He likes to, you know, tweet at guys and nudge them at committing and stuff. He's just one of those um, type of recruits who talks around, especially with regional guys. So I, I think he could help in Penn State's, um, Penn State's attempt to get a couple more guys out of Philly. Any guys, maybe Penn State's going to have to continue to work hard to keep them off the top of your head? Maybe that committed, but keeping doors open? I, I don't think so. I think they're pretty solid with everyone right now. Um, John Mitchell is obviously the name that everyone would go to off the top of the off the top of their head because he's Florida, but I, th- I think he lost Penn State and I, he should be able to stick. I think that'll be a King Mac situation where he, everyone's like keeping an eye on him, keep turning their head, looking at him, making sure he's still committed, but I, I think he'll stay. So I wouldn't say anyone right now. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a, we're just getting to the point where the official visits are going to start and, and you can really start seeing where people are, are really kind of trying to figure out who they really want to see again um, and whatnot. I don't want to bust you too much on 2025 because it's so far away. Um, but I am just curious. I mean, is it like we try like we talk 2025 a little bit or the the next class? But I mean, our mo- our main focus is 2024. Like we're not gonna go crazy down to 2025 rabbit hole. I'm just curious how much contact do you have with those guys and the 2026 guys and 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 just I'm just curious. How, also, how do you keep up with 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 all of it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it is tough because I have a job. I'm in school. You know, I don't just sit around and do this all day. But um, something that doesn't take a ton of time is texting someone back. I don't think it's, uh, you know, I don't have to get back to them in 30 seconds. It's not my girlfriend. You know, <laughs> they don't need a response from me quick. But um, Keandre Barker is a 2025 that I'm starting to talk to a good bit. Um, I think he's visiting this coming weekend along with his teammate, uh, Quinnell Farrakhan, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but uh, he's a wide receiver. They're both four stars. Uh, Keandre is a running back. They're both out of the Woodlands in Texas. Um, Keandre is originally from Arkansas, but um, 
they're they're both guys that are starting to trend Penn State early in the process, 2025. Um, but they're both visiting this weekend, and I think they could both leave Happy Valley uh, as committed prospects. So, cool. That, that's one to keep an hey. eye on there. Um, running back from Texas, there is Barker. Penn State has a tendency to recruit running back pretty well. Um, Sean, what else you got for Mr. Dillon? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Ernest Willer. So he was a name that, you know, again, heard about a month month or two back. You know, he's he's originally from Baltimore, then he transferred to IMG. Um, any chance, like, maybe we get him up to the Blue-White game, maybe some other time in the spring or for an official visit? I'd probably say no to Blue-White, but I think he's probably going to end up official visiting uh, in Happy Valley. Um, he's down at IMG, so that's obviously tough when you don't have your parents there. Um, no family there to drive you around for visits. You're kind of stuck down there a little bit. Um, so he hasn't really been visiting anyone too much recently. I think he visited Maryland last week um, just because he was up at home and it was pretty close. You know, it's a, I'm sure like an hour drive from Baltimore or something. I'm not sure on the logistics of that. But um, other than that, he hasn't really visited anyone recently. But I, I think they could end up getting an official visit out of him. Um, if they really push, I think they could end up with him. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, Dominic Nichols, too. Um, he was another guy that, you know, again, we heard a lot about. I think he even got crystal ball to Penn State. Is everything still good there, or could he be moving away? Yeah, he had a couple predictions. I guess that was maybe six months ago now. Um, I think he's kind of falling down the board a little bit. Um, he'd be a fringe guy if he called up right now, if they'd accept his commitment, I'm not sure if they'd accept it or not. It'd be one of those close, you know, it depends. Um, but yeah, he's falling down the board a little bit. I still think he's a really good prospect. He's a four star on some sites, good size. He grew up a Penn state fan. Um, so it makes sense, but I just think they're a little higher on some guys right now at the DN spot. Interesting. Yeah. I just think that's the craziest thing too, as far as. The, the soft offers basically and and how much that's changed even in the last five ten years as far as offer but you don't really have an offer kind of thing i i remember back and i think i did tell a story lot yesterday i don't know when i told this no i think i told the story to, to my friend offline last night but um when i met coach gaddis when he was still at penn state he was always just talking about how you know we only offer a kid when you know if they have the offer they can commit and we'll take them and that's just kind of not how any of that's done anymore. I mean, nobody does it that way. Um, you, you'll see, you'll see offers out to to freshmen and high schoolers. And I'm just, I'm always curious with those offers. It's like, how how do you know how they're going to develop? How do you know? I mean, freshman, sophomore, in high school, a lot can change. When we get into the junior and seniors, like you have a pretty good idea of how they're going to fill out. But a sophomore in high school could, I mean, everything could change. I mean, Tamir Robinson's a good example of that, right? A guy who started out as maybe a, a defensive back and just continued to work his way closer to the line of scrimmage. So I think that's always been fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, I think you can attribute a lot of that offering, but not really offering uh, to guys committing earlier in the cycle. Um, a lot of staffs just trying to get like their foot in the door before they blow up as a prospect. And it's too late to um, establish a relationship because then maybe they're committing two months later. Um, so I think it's just, a couple schools started trending that way and everyone else kind of has to follow along with the early offers or else you're playing catch up, you know, you're too late to build relationships. Um, so it's, it's just like NIL, you know, some 
schools start offering kids money, everyone else has to do it as well to compete and stay on that same level with everyone else. Yeah, no, that, that that's good. Well, um, non-recruiting stuff before we let you get out of here, I just curious right now, what are your vibes for the, the football team? I mean, as far as the offense goes, I mean, have you heard anything as far as the defense goes? Have you heard anything as we as we have blue and white and and I guess what just over a week? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just hard not to be excited about this team. Everyone's excited about them. Um, I I don't have anything really like inside or anything like that, but I just say it comes down to Drew Alar and what he can do as a starter. Um, I think it's really great that this is the year that the offensive lines really coming together as far as depth and talent and experience. No um, kidding. And they have those amazing running backs. So everything's not going to be on Drew's shoulders. They can ease him into it. It's not till week six or seven till he really needs to um, step up and maybe win us a game himself in the shoe, maybe at Ohio state. Um, but obviously that defense is going to be insane too. They return seven or eight starters. Manny Diaz is sticking around, which is awesome. He's, um, I, I still can't believe they got that um, that hire to get a former head coach um, and proven defensive guy that got in there. He's just he's been awesome. So I I think the defense will be a top ten defense, maybe top five. Okay, I was gonna let you go, but then it made me think of something that I think you might be able to answer better. We asked Corey Geiger this last night, but I think you might have a better feel for things. Leadership was something that Sean specifically has been talking about basically since the Rose Bowl, and I'll. I'll if anything, the, the biggest gap in this team is, is filling those roles. There's a lot of leadership that has left between Clifford and Sutherland and, and Tig Brown. I mean, just to name a few, but there's a bunch of leadership that they have to replace. You got to know people from a personality perspective a little bit more on who, who can be maybe more of those vocal leaders. I'm just curious who you think might kind of step up and, and fill that void. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't always have to be your starting quarterback, but I do think Drew's coming along. Um, he might not be the most vocal leader, but he might be more of a lead by example type of guy. Um, I, I I think they'll be fine as far as leadership. They might not have it right now, but they got, what, um, four or five months till kickoff, four months. Um, I think that just kind of naturally occurs um, in a healthy program like Penn State. Guys eventually step up. Um, I think Caden Wallace, if you're looking for names, Caden Wallace, um, he'll, he'll be a he'll, he'll definitely be a leader on the team. Um, Olu Fashionu, I think he's coming along. Landon Tangwall, a lot of those offensive line guys, you know, they're so experienced. They've been around forever. They're kind of starting to step up as leaders now. Um, Curtis Jacobs, I think he'll be a leader on this team. Um, Johnny Dixon seems like a great guy. He's involved with the community. Um, he leads by example a lot, so I think he could be a leader. Sean, anything else for Dylan before we let him skedaddle? Yeah, love the leadership question, Corey. Very good. I was um, I always think about you. I just want you to know that I'm always thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean even when I'm showering. <laughs> bit weird, but okay, thanks, Matt. Um so another thing that I'm also concerned about is uh special teams. Um what's your concern level? Because I'm probably at a seven or eight right now when it comes to the special teams unit as a whole, just because we had to replace starting kicker, starting punter, and the long snapper. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're sucking a lot of guys through, but I I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Um, they might not have um, top-level guys like they did last year, um, even with, like, Jordan Stout a few years ago. I'd, they, they might not have that level of production, but I don't think it will be it, – it's not going to be on par with last year, I don't think, but I, 
I don't believe it'll be like a true concern where it keeps popping up in games. Um, Tyler Duzanski should be a long snapper. He's been with the team a little bit, so I think he'll be fine. He's doing really well in, in practice and stuff. Um, Alex Falcons, I guess, will probably be the kicker. I think he's going to win that job to transfer. And then uh, Riley, Riley Thompson, the FAU transfer, I guess, should be the starting starting punter. Um, uh, it's still a battle. I mean, they, they got two guys at each position, I think. Um, his name slipped my mind, the kicker. Uh, he's a sophomore. Zayadak? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's in competition. He could still be the starting kicker. Um, I think Gabe Nwosu, the big guy, he's going to be kickoffs, which would be pretty cool to see. He's like, I guess, 6'6", 280 now was his recent uh, weight on the roster, which is going to be fun to watch him flying down, maybe hitting people Joe Julius style, but that'd be awesome to see. Um, and then I guess with punter, Alex Paquetta's in there a little bit. I still think um, he's got one more year until he starts probably, but he's definitely pushing for at least starting reps this year. I don't think he'll get it over uh, Thompson, but he's he's in there. All right, you can answer this real quick for Sean because Sean kind of had a, good, a decent point. Franklin mentioned um, a couple, like maybe it was two weeks ago now, that they hadn't been able to really see the punters very much because they've been inside Haluba so much. And Sean was like, why can't the punters just go out and punt outside while everyone else is inside? Do you, I mean, seriously, like, it's actually a reasonable question. Like, it's not like it's awful, awful weather where the punters can't just step outside. They can warm up and everything inside, just go outside, punt a few balls and go back in. I, you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. I mean, they're not going through those drills where they're hitting people every play and stuff. I think they could deal with a little bit of cold weather, you know, get their, their bus moving a little bit. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah. We're, we're not going to let that go, Sean. We're going to make sure that yeah. gets passed along to anybody who will listen to us. <laughs> it, it will be very funny. It, not funny, but it'll probably be <laughs> interesting for our listeners in November if, if our punting is, like, not up to snuff. I'll be like, yeah, who knew? The weather gets bad in November, too. <laughs> but they yeah, yeah that's a good all spring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could – another sport or another team or something using the, is using the field. But if not, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Could, you could argue this is a perfect time to get the November practice. Because once it's summer, you're, you're not going to see the November until it's too late. This is the best opportunity to get your cold weather practice in. Yeah. Anyway. It, it, it's just punting football. You can go up to Old Main's lawn and just kick the ball around a little bit if you want. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Well, actually, I think we just all get out of here at the same time, unless you need to say something bad about Dylan once he leaves, Sean. Got nothing bad to say. It was, I, I really appreciate you coming on, Dylan. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's, uh, it, was, it was a fantastic time. We appreciate you being able to join us on a Thursday. I hope everyone enjoyed two episodes. But you have three hours of hardcore Penn State content this week in April. So enjoy it. Um, Dylan. You is it just PSU Dylan everywhere? But I'll just let you push promote yourself. Yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Not as active on there, but I still post a little bit. That's more just personal thoughts and stuff. If you're interested in that, most people probably aren't, but I'll put it out. <laughs> we and like then, your personal thoughts. Thank you. And then I have a TikTok. Um, I'm kind of starting to get that rolling a little bit, coming up with some content ideas for that. So um, I move up to State College. I'm at Penn State York right now, just commuting there. I was doing the two plus two plan. So I'll be up in state college. I uh, move up this August. So I should have a lot more content out with the players and stuff like that. So I think that'll get a lot better in a few months. That's cool. Yeah. So Dylan and I are both moving to state college pretty much around the same time. 
Well, Sean, are you gonna make the trip? Are you gonna are you gonna just pack up the bags? I have to announce that I'm keeping my talents here in Scranton, PA. Dylan, do you need an almost 30-year-old roommate? Because Sean could be your guy. <laughs> yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> That's a good one. Anyway, I uh, appreciate everyone for listening. Hopefully you guys have a good uh, good rest of y'all's day. Hopefully everyone who's listening has a good rest of their day and a good weekend. Um, love to have you back on sometime, Dylan, but you have a good blue and white weekend whenever that happens in a week or so. Good. You too. Thank you. All right. For Sean Kane, I'm Corey Listokey. You've been listening to Hardcore Penn State Football. See you later, everybody. Good night, everyone.